I'll use a microphone so I don't yell. I, I don't have Tanya's voice. So. Well, welcome. And as you can tell, um, I'm not usually the one up here. Uh, and we are in a very uh, unique situation where Dustin and I will be John and Christina and <laughs> Tanya because they're all ill. Uh, or no, John's away and Christina and uh, Tanya are ill. So we're, uh, we, 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 we apologize ahead of time. Um, I told John that uh, I think Dustin and I can handle this. We have been through in front of much more hostile crowds in our careers than this family uh, will be to us uh, this morning. So, I know what you'll think. <laughs> so thank you for all being here. Dustin's gonna give us some announcements. Yeah, hey everyone, good morning. Dustin Pugel, um, my wife. Shelly and I have been here for a while, and we're filling in. Uh, neither of us are ordained, neither did we stay in the Holiday Inn Express last night. So, uh, well, we're still going to try anyway. Um, just a few announcements. Um, folks will have seen on your way in, we have an announcement card, so I s encourage you all to uh, read that later. Just a few things I want to highlight. Um, first of all, Happy New Year's Eve. This is the last day of the year. Um, if you wanted to get in any additional giving before the closeout of the year, today's the day to do it. So any gifts given in the boxes on, on the, the back or the front um, will be counted today. So will any gifts given online. Um, also, we are short on sound techs. Um, uh, so the, we have Matt in the back today. Um, these are the folks that make sure you can hear the beautiful music, the folks up in front. And so if you have any interest, um, you don't have to have technical ability. Um, you just need to be able to sit and push a few buttons every now and then. So I encourage you all to um, sign up for that if you're able or interested. Um, a couple other announcements. Um, we are not going to be having the gathering tomorrow night. Um, neither are we going to have a youth group this week. So um, don't show up looking for those things. We won't be having those. We're giving our um, staff and the folks who participate in that a little bit of a break uh, this week. Um, so uh, uh, one last thing. If you need, uh, we're also streaming our time together. Uh, in the cafe, so if you need to go and um, have a slightly less sensorily uh, overwhelming setting, um, we have that available. So with that, I'm going to kick it off to Laban to have us start. Thank you, Dustin. Good morning, everyone. My name is Laban. I'm the worship leader here at the church. I invite you to stand together. Let's enter into this, this call to worship, prepare our hearts and minds for what the Lord has for us on this final Sunday of the year. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, we've just got a piano and a couple singers up here, so it's just going to be an old-fashioned sing-along around the piano. So I invite you to join in, and uh, don't be shy. Let your voices be heard. We're going to start out with uh, this old one, We Three Kings. We three kings of Orient are 
bearing gifts we traverse afar field and fountain moor and mountain following yonder star Guide us to thy 
let's join in this confession together. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong that we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to have some time right now just to share with one another in community. So turn to someone next to you and uh, just share something from your life if you feel comfortable. It could either be um, something you're grateful for, for the la from the last few weeks. Um, could be something difficult. Could be something you're lamenting. Um, but let's open, uh, open our hearts and minds to, to share with one another. We'll continue worship in a few minutes.
All right, just take another moment to wrap up your conversations. And I invite you to stand together. Let's continue our worship time. that again. Go tell it on the mountain and over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night, behold throughout the there shone a holy light. Go to tell it on the mountains and over the hills and everywhere. Go to tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And go to tell it on the mountain and over the hills and everywhere. Go to tell it Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus. That hailed our Savior's birth. Go to tell it on the mountains and over the hills and everywhere. Go to tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born.
Well, there was a sermon in song. That was beautiful. That's, a, that's an Anne Lamont uh, wow. Um, so now it's time for the seas to part and the children to be dismissed to come to the Wonder Room. So come on up. If you're new and haven't had your children come, just come on up with them. Even with a smaller uh, New Year's Eve crowd, this is uh, lots of children. That's just wonderful. They're such a blessing, and uh, the volunteers who uh, are in the Wonder Room are as well. As is uh, our worship uh, tradition, we're going to have a time of prayer, and ask that if anyone would like to come forward and kneel with me as we pray, um, please feel free, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll spend some time in prayer. Let's take a few moments and let's just take several breaths and kind of push the pause button long enough to bring ourselves before our God in prayer. And take several breaths, maybe even breathing in the, the peace and love of Christ. And exhaling the peace and love of Christ. Dear God, during this time of of gifts and family, we're so incredibly grateful that you gave your son. Son of God and Son of Man. As the ultimate gift so we can be in your family. And thank you, Jesus, for your willingness to come into this world and live in this flesh among us and teach us how to live and love like you. That, again, is a, is a wow that's just beyond our ability to, to understand. And that ultimately you came to, to teach us and then to die for us. And during this season, when so many are rejoicing and celebrating, we also know and aware that there are many folks in our Embrace family and in this incredibly troubled world that are experiencing 
struggles and loss. Holy Spirit, we pray that you draw up next to those who are suffering and provide the peace and comfort that comes from you. We lift these people before you. And we know that we can come before you with such confidence because we have the perfect high priest in Jesus. And that we can bring these these concerns, these struggles. And because you've lived in this skin, you know how difficult it is down here at times. Thank you for that. Just pray that you would be with those in our families and in the Embrace family who are who are ill, who are ill. So many seems every time I talk to someone, there's another person in their immediate family or their circle of loved ones who are ill. Pray that you would bring comfort and, and peace and healing to those. And now let's join together and pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples and his followers have been saying for thousands of years. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Morning, church family. Um, we are going to do something that we, we do periodically here, but we haven't done for a while, and that is uh, share with each other. And so before we do that, um, Rob and I wanted to reflect a little bit um, just to kind of kick us off, um, and then we wanna, we're going to ask a series of questions that we want to hear from each other about. And I think um, as a community, we really do believe in the priesthood of all believers. We believe that the Spirit works in each and every one of us, and so each and every one of us has a way that the Spirit has uh, shared something that we can, we can then glean from and benefit from together as a family. So um, before we get going, though, I, I want to just uh, reflect a little bit about what's been going on in our church family uh, over the last year, what we've done here as a community, um, and then Rob is going to share a little more of a personal reflection uh, before we get going. So just to start off, um, you know, I th I've said it before, I may have even already said it today, but, you know, I like the word liturgy a lot. Um, liturgy, I think we often think about as a, 
uh, a series of words that we share together. So we, we did our confession earlier. We did the Lord's Prayer together. Our liturgy just means the work of the people, um, the work of God's people. And so in that regard, we, we've been doing a lot of liturgy together. We're doing a lot of that today, um, as a matter of fact. Uh, and specifically, this year, you know, when I think about the things we've been learning together in the Bible, we've gone through um, our lectionary by and large, and so we've, we've learned a lot from the book of Matthew this year. We learned about Jesus' baptisms and the parables that he taught. We learned about the transforming initiatives that he gave us in the Sermon on the Mount. We learned about what his final week encompassed and, the, and maybe a little bit that we hadn't heard before related to that. Um, then we moved on to 1 Peter. We learned a lot about what faithful witness in the heart of the empire means. Um, we did a series on Romans, a very quick series, and we learned about how Paul was trying to teach the, the church in Rome that Jews and Gentiles alike, even though there is diversity there, there's even conflict there, they can be one family and really show what salvation looks like in the heart of the empire. Then we moved on and did a series on Embraces Values. So we talked about how we put Jesus at the center, that church equals diverse family, how we keep it real, how we're comfortable with being uncomfortable, how we're gritty Christ followers and we're neighborhood focused. And then we finished out the year thinking about Advent, thinking about the hope, peace, joy, and love that we, that we bring into this, this time of Christmas. We also did a couple of book studies. We came together, we read um, the Very Good Gospel. I know many of us here in this room read that together by Lisa, Lisa Sharon Harper. Um, that was all about how God's dream for the world, the good news that he has is that we can have shalom again, that the, the Bible starts with wholeness and it ends with wholeness. And so the rest of the story is about how we go from whole to whole and not just about how we're, we're broken, even though we are. Uh, we also read a book by Karen Keene um, called Scripture, Ethics, and the Possibility of Same-Sex Relationships, um, which was a really, I think, helpful time of sharing and learning together as we continued our discernment process about how we fully love and include our LGBTQ siblings, um, which is another big part of this year. Um, folks may remember uh, we've been on this four-year journey of considering what, what that means because our denomination has been making a lot of decisions around this, and, and we as a church community just hadn't really come up with um, how we wanted to approach um, our, our life together, uh, including with LGBTQ folks, um, folks that we consider a part of our church family. And so what we ended up with was um, a decision to include rather than exclude. And I think that was a really beautiful um, uh, conclusion of that discernment process, even as we continue to discern as a family all the many ways that, that we express that. We've also had a lot of change in our church family. Um, Y'all, we've had six babies born this year in our church family. It's really amazing. Um, it, it's incredible. Uh, it's really fun to see new life. It's a little overwhelming for our nursery staff, but that's okay. Uh, we'll continue to, to support them as we can. Uh, we've also lost folks. Folks have, have passed away this year. Um, families have moved to other cities. Um, and we've also had a lot of new faces this year. It's been great to see new folks join, um, both as full members, but also just having new, new faces in, in, our, um, in our midst. So the Spirit continues to work within our community here, but we know that the Spirit doesn't just work within the confines of these walls. Um, the Spirit has worked in, in each and every one of us, in our day-to-day -day lives, in the communities that we live in, in the relationships that we have. 
Um, and so we're going to start to uh, share a little bit today. Um, I've shared a little bit about what's happened sort of within our church family, and Rob is going to share a little bit of a personal reflection um, that he's been having as well. I shared this uh, with some folks who were part of the uh, All Saints Day uh, um, talent talent night that we had. Um, but as some of you may know, um, I'm a counselor and I'm coming to the end of my career. I, I've been uh, at this for almost almost 50 years. And so I've been reflecting on the people who have had such an incredible impact on my uh, uh, on my journey as a as a as a counselor um, as just a human being and as a, and as a follower of Christ and I'm I'm so incredibly grateful uh, to many teachers mentors colleagues clients they've taught me probably more than anyone has taught me. Friends and and certainly you, uh, my embrace family, who have had such an impact on my development. Um, and what I know as I've reflected that I believe makes the biggest difference in what I do and what we do as 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 followers of Christ. Um, and what I know for sure with everyone I see is that we're all broken. We're all trying to survive. And we all need to be seen and loved. And whatever else I learned in my, in my development as a, as a counselor, all the theories, all the different skills and techniques, to me it really comes down to those core realities. I mean, look around. Look at the person beside you. Who's not broken in this room? Who has not experienced brokenness? Who also has not experienced the love as we connect with each other? One of, one of my teachers, he didn't know he was one of my teachers, uh, just uh, was was some, um, but he was one of my teachers through his writings was Thomas Merton. A and I remember the first time I read uh, New Seeds of Contemplation decades ago uh, when he described us as, quote, we are bodies of broken bones. Wow, that was a, Anne Lamont, wow for me when I encountered him. And then I encountered him again uh, in reading um, uh, Byron Stevenson's book, uh, Just, Mer Just Mercy. Uh, and he goes on to say, I guess I'd always known but never fully considered that being broken is what makes us human. We all have our reasons. Sometimes we're fractured by the choices we make. Sometimes we're shattered by things we would never have chosen. But our brokenness is also the sort of source of our common humanity, the basis for our shared search for comfort, meaning, and healing our shared vulnerability and imperfection nurtures and sustains our capacity for compassion. We have a choice. We can embrace our humanness, which means embracing our broken natures and the compassion that remains our best hope for healing, or 
We can deny our brokenness, forswear compassion, and as a result, deny our own humanity. And Merton went on to say, as long as we live on earth, the love that unites us will bring us suffering by our very contact with one another because this love is the resetting of broken bones. My wife, and I, my wife Kathy, and I uh, came to Embrace very broken years ago when we first started coming to Embrace. We stayed because we felt seen and loved. And as you look around this morning, I know you will see that we're all broken and experiencing the healing love of Christ here at Embrace. And that's my intention. I don't set, I don't set resolutions. I, I do believe that intentions are important. And I think being intentional about recognizing that is what really kind of has come to me in these, in these, in these uh, months as I'm preparing to work one less day. I'm down to three days uh, a week, and so I'm, I'm working on two. Um, I'm not quite done yet. But thank you for listening, and... Like I said, we're going to spend some time uh, sharing. We have three questions um, that we want folks to reflect on, um, and in no particular order. So as uh, things strike you, please just raise your hand, and I'll come out and bring you a microphone. So those qu three questions are, what have you learned this year, and how have you grown? How have you experienced God? And what hopes do you have for the next year? Um, I don't know how many of you are uh, Enneagram folks. I'm an Enneagram 7, and so we have a very positive outlook. So I like the word hope for next year. I think there's a lot of things we worry about, too. Uh, but, but I like the idea that we're hoping for something in the, in the future year. So um, we're just going to share together. And I'm going to come out with a microphone and let you share with the rest of us. So those three questions. Well, first of all, I don't like talking in front of crowds. I like talking in intimate settings. So um, I've learned a lot this year, um, good and bad, but I'm thankful um, for all the lessons. Um, I have experienced God just through others, um, my small group, um, my grandchildren and my family, and of course my church family. I just love it here, and hopes for the next year. Um, God willing, um, I'm heading into my 50th trip around the sun, so I'm thankful for that. And um, I just hope for continued growth and learning how to really forgive, learn, and accept other people um, where they are. Paige is an overachiever and answered all three questions, so don't <laughs> feel like you have to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Paige. So John touched on this uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, but the the risk of um, that there's risk in choosing to love and opening yourself, um, being there for somebody, and 
I feel like that kind of capped off something um, I've thought about this year, uh, where it's uh, it's easy to try to control things in your life and to have everything mapped out, um, but that is really not uh, not truly loving and being present and being there for for those around you. And so I think that kind of just touched on something that I've tried to grow in this year, and I feel like uh, this church has has spoken to throughout. But that's uh, choosing to love in all circumstances good or bad, and, uh, and continue to move forward and be there for others. Thank you, Layden. Um, I know I've spoken to a few people at church about this, but I had a, a very hard uh, year with my housing. Um, I left a very, like, safe um, and comfortable housing experience for me to something that was really new and totally fell apart um, in ways that were like really hurtful and just awful. Um, but through that whole experience, like I, I have felt God supporting me so much in ways that I never have. Like I've never, I mean, I've, I've just never had to depend on him for survival that much. Um, and I had, I had basic strangers offering me rooms in their houses and um every there's a lot of financial fallout from that and every one of my needs has been met and it, and it was easy for me to go well I just started saving this money and then something else happened um but to reframe that I just started this saving this money for this other thing that God knew was coming and I was able you know I've never wanted for anything and so that that has really grown my um my trust in God One of the things I learned this year was how much I have become very insulated because of the pandemic. Uh, right before the pandemic, I had been getting increasingly active in the gatherings, and then when the pandemic hit, I just cut everybody off. And this year, one of the things that I have learned late in the year was that it's time to get back out there. Uh, I remembered that we are called by our servant king to be servants. And it's time to serve again. I also learned that God is ready to surprise us at a moment's notice. And by that, I'm referring to what happened back in, I believe it was in February, just a few miles west of here, southwest of here at Wilmore, when he showed up, the Holy Spirit showed up in breathtaking ways. And one of the ways that was wonderful about it was the way that those who were experiencing him protected him from those who would exploit that event. And I just am thankful for that whole experience. 
from what I experienced with the Spirit, with those who were in worship, and those who were protecting that worship experience. Normally, I uh, enjoy, really enjoy the turning from uh, one year to the, new, to the new year, and I found myself being nervous about seeing that 24 on the calendar, knowing that that's a, an election year, and uh, um, knowing that the contention is only likely to ramp up as the year goes on. And um, one hope I have for the coming year is that I will learn more, and I'm, I'm scared to pray for this, but, but learn more what it likes to love my enemies. And um, because I think you know, my ideological enemies are going to come out of the woodwork and, and I'll, uh, I'm sure, prove to be some, other, some people's ideological enemies, even in my own family. And um, what does it look like? Or I, I, I am more and more convinced over the years of just that, that loving our enemies and me learning to love those that I find unlovely, um, that that is ultimate, or that is one of the biggest things um, that Christ has called me to do, us to do, and and so, yeah, what I, I am hopeful um, that there will be, at least in my own life, some breakthrough of, of what it looks like to, to love my enemies and and to pray for those who um, I feel are um, taking the Lord's name in vain, essentially, um, in this election cycle. And um, but yeah, I, but I, ultimately, I am hopeful because I think that that's that loving, for me anyway, loving my enemies requires the Holy Spirit in my life in ways that I have not yet seen. So I really am, am hopeful, even as I uh, am trepidatious <laughs> about this coming year. Um, one of the ways that I've experienced God this year is through um, the small group and um, knowing even before the small group formed, um, that group was prayed for in order for it to get formed. And um, that just shows how much care there is in this church about us as individuals and um, one day we were sharing things in our small group, and one lady in particular is going through some very hard personal things that sometimes you just don't want to share and um, or you get tired of sharing. And one of the other ladies just looked at her and said, you don't need to share, but we want you to share because we want to carry this with you and and for you and I have felt that in my life so often that I can't carry my own things. I need not just to put it on God, but to put it on someone else and say, please help me carry this. And so for her to say out loud that, I mean, that's life changing and life giving. And you know that when a text, a group text is sent, it's not just 
we'll pray for you, but we're going to help carry this. And um, that's being seen, that's being loved, and that makes a difference, and that's what gives hope in the, the year coming. I'm also a seven. <laughs> um, I'm also a seven, and I should be full of hope, but some occasions this year, I feel like my hope factor has been a little lower than it has um, historically in my past. Part of that is just being overwhelmed by school and work and trying to be there for my family and all that. But it's given me some great perspective. And the two, um, the two sermons that really pop out as far as really experiencing God through a message um, was the day we were going through our church values or that series. And when Christina preached on the screen that day um, about unity, and that was just so powerful. And to, you know, every church wants to say we believe in unity, but to have a church family that says like, because we want unity, we're acknowledging that we don't want everybody to be the same. Like that is just, it's awesome. It's like, you can't, you can't um, demonstrate unity unless you have so many differences in your church. And you mentioned the election cycle coming up and, and other things that our society is so divided on, but to be at a place that says we really don't care how you vote. We really don't care what your background is or what your, you know, fill in the blank is. Um, so that, that was just really powerful. The second thing real quick was, uh, I believe Rick Reams um, on his sermon about uh, the, you know, the guys that were given the different amounts of money. And two of the three got this money from the master and went and doubled it. And then one of the guys, you know, got scared and dug it and put it in the ground. Um, I was so struck by that story because the ones that doubled their money, in my mind, maybe because I'm an American capitalist, whatever you want to say, I want to emphasize the money. Like, wow, what a blessing of God. It doubled the money. Praise the Lord. But that wasn't the point. The point was a little part where the master said, I want to be with you. It's like, you did this great thing. That's awesome. But the real prize here is not the money. It's, I want to be with you. And that's what God is saying to me this year is, doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter if you're the best teacher or the best counselor as I'm transitioning. What God really wants from us is, hey, do the best with what you have, and I really want to be with you. I am not a seven on the Enneagram. I am a five, and talking into this microphone is terrifying. But um, we learned a lot this year, um, the two of us. Um, we had a couple of relationships that um, we had to set boundaries on, and that was 
very new to us. Um, we've we've been in relationships mostly that set boundaries themselves. So um, through that, we we learned a lot about love and what it looks to practically love people, um, and um, what it practically looks like to give what you have and also rely on other people to help you through that. Um, and what John was talking about last week with loving being messy, we, we really experienced a lot of that this year, but um, through through that, we, um, we're we hopeful that moving forward, um, we'll know how to approach different relationships, and we're just grateful for the people in this church that walked through us, or walked with us through those um, relationships and whatnot, and um, yeah, we're just, we're just generally hopeful for what's coming this next year. Maybe one more. Uh, there's Ryan in the back. I'm at Enneagram 9, and uh, <laughs> somebody in this church said, she found out I was a 9, and she goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, it's the best number. <laughs> what's the problem? Um, yeah, right. Here we go. Um, I, this is the year I learned that it's okay to be happy, um, that God doesn't want me to suffer, and um, he doesn't think I'm terrible. He doesn't want to smush me, um, and that's how I've grown, and uh, I think I met Jennifer 10 feet away from here quite some time ago when I, when I, was, I was feeling really smushy, and uh, I didn't notice that she might be great, and we've been married for a year and a half now, and, and I think... Being in a relationship of like mutual trust and um, this this kind of love is just weird, new for me. And and it was Rob that said it's okay to be in a relationship. Uh, <laughs> I can learn things in a relationship. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I was right. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it so this has meant a whole lot to me. And 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 also in this room, it was uh, I was writing a lot of sad notes in the uh, prayer request for quite some time, and um, I just felt uh, really held up in that, and uh, and I appreciate whoever reads those, so thank you guys. Wow. One of the, well, two of our values that we talk about are being uh, gritty Christ followers, and there was the vulnerability, the willingness to be gritty as you were sharing, and, and I think we're all thankful for that. And being comfortable with discomfort. Um, and I know some of you uh, uh, are not so comfortable speaking up, and I'm, I'm really, really thankful that you did. I'm a two. You know, surprise, I'm a helper. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> And so we're going to move into a time of communion. And this is one of the things that Dustin and I will not be doing. Rick has agreed to uh, uh, officiate over uh, communion for us. And so we'll move into that time. Let's uh, thank them for their leadership today. Really, really fantastic. Um, so much of what this church is about has been represented in your stories today, and I know there are a lot of others. Um, 
I didn't know when I came in the door this morning I'd be leading communion, so, you know, I'm excited uh, to, to share this moment with you. Um, Jesus invites all of us to his table, all of us. Um, I love the story of, um, you know, listening to, to someone talk about the fact that we live in a contentious world and how do you deal with folks that are so ideologically different than you are. And um, that's a great challenge, and, and one of my goals this year is to be more of a non-anxious presence. That's what I'm asking for, so that I don't have to get my point across all the time, even though I know my point's better than their point. Um, and as I've thought about, if you will, goals, I don't know if anybody's started on that yet, but what's it mean to be more like Jesus? And I ran across an author I really like. His name's Michael Slaughter, pastor. Um, and his first two goals I just thought were really interesting. One um, was to upset religious people. That was the first one. And the other one was um, befriend more sinners. <laughs> and I thought about Jesus when he was at the table with people, not as we come to this table for communion, it's not just about the Last Supper where Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. Really, all the table experiences in the Gospels where Jesus is eating with people and drinking with people. And you know, Jesus was accused, the religious people accused Jesus and called him a glutton and a what? Drunkard. So if you eat a lot and you got drunk, you're close to Jesus. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I really am, I am. But I'm not kidding about the fact that every time we're at the table with others, it's a special time. And what communion reminds us is that we, we come here today, no matter who we are, what our, quote, ideology is, what we believe, Jesus meets us here. You're never good enough to come. You know, when I was a young pastor in a rural church, and we'd have communion, I have several people that would say, well, I don't feel worthy to come. I'm like, that's exactly the point. We are unworthy, but invited. That's who Jesus is. And I love the description of liturgy this morning about being the work of the people. And I started to use the hymnal and take you through some of the liturgy, but I, because I do love it. I really do. But I decided to do something a little different because this is experiential for me. A couple of days before Christmas, I'm trying to get my mind again around the fact that God took on human flesh. I just, my mind didn't big enough. But I had a moment because I listened, to, I happened to be going through my radio and I was really trying to find something on my radio that wasn't Christmas music. And that's a challenge this time, a week ago anyway. But I came across this um, spiritual song by that voice you know, a singer by the name of Whitney Houston, and the song is this, Who Would Imagine a King? So I want this to serve as our liturgy this morning, where Whitney sang, Mommies and daddies always believe that their little angels are special indeed, and you could grow up to be anything, but who would imagine a king? A shepherd or a teacher is what you could be, or maybe a fisherman out on the sea, or maybe a carpenter building things. But who could imagine a king? It was so clear when the wise men arrived and the angels were singing your name that the world would be different 
because you are alive. That's why heaven stood still to proclaim. One day an angel said quietly that soon he would bring something special to me. And of all the wonderful gifts he could bring, who could imagine, who would imagine, who would imagine a king? King Jesus <laughs> invites you to the table today. This is the body and the blood of Jesus. You can take those down. You can take those down. Broken. And shed for us. Thanks be to God. We have communion. If you want to use an individual packet at the back and up front, there's also a gluten-free opportunity. The way we receive communion, we just get up, come down the center aisle. And those that are serving, if you'll come forward now. And there's a sanitation for your hands there. Um, you can use before you receive the bread. They'll place it in your hand and receive the powerful symbol and realness of Christ with us through communion. We invite you to come as you're ready. The King is exalted on high. 
day, the great I am, the faithful and the true, the Lamb who was for sinners slain is making all things new. Behold our God shall live with us and be our steadfast life and we shall ere his people be all glory be to Christ and all glory All glory be to Christ, His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ, all glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ, His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ, and all glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ, His rule and reign will ever sing. All Oh, you all, I love you, and I'm really um, grateful for this time that we've had together to worship. Um, when I sat down after our time of sharing, Shelly said, I, I was actually about to share one thing, and I was like, well, I'm helping run the service, so we can, uh, we can still share it. Um, it's a poem um, by a guy named David Gate, and he says, does a bird deserve to fly or a fish deserve to swim? That's how ridiculous when we, we sound whenever we ask, do I deserve to be loved? You were created for love. It's the reason you're here, to give love and to receive it. It's your purpose. Deserve doesn't come into it. So with that, I invite you all to stand as you're able and receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen.